And we find ourselves once more amid the towering stacks of your library where... I mean, I want to start by apologising for the incidents, Kay. Um, hope Which one can, in particular? All of them. It's been a weird week. You, yeah? You gave me the uh, uh, the library card. I did. Uh, last week as a, as a, as a, a celebration of my 20th Absolutely. week. Absolutely. I haven't, I haven't received any undue reports, but let's go on. No, overdue reports. No, no certainly. Like, I haven't actually checked out any books because I've, I haven't left... No, library no, no, that's, in, oh, that's, not, that's not that kind of library card. No, it's more like exactly. A security badge. It's, yes, and it's, and it's given me access to some areas that I that I haven't previously. Okay, some of them I have previously explored, but I was that was via the air vents and. Okay. Uh, the less said about that, the better. You, you really need to have those cleaned, by the way. The, well, the, the gnomes, I think you already did. Thank you very well, much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, but I, I think I'm saving the gnomes some uh, uh, some work here. No, I'm talking about specifically uh, in, in in what you call the cafeteria. I mean mm-hmm. your uh, your kitchen. I, yes. I did make a make a bit of a mess there because oh, oh dear, do I need have to re-season my uh, cast iron cookware? You didn't put it in the dishwasher, did you? I thought I'd made such a mess of it that I I wanted to clean up for you, and I think I made it worse. Oh. It came from a good place because I noticed that your your kitchen is very clean and very uh, well organized, and it was uh, so clean and well organized. Are you sure organized. it was my kitchen? I'm never sure. I'm not sure about anything. This is uh, a this is a strange place where I find myself. It in. is. It is a bit. But yeah. but when I saw it, and it was so different from the towering stacks of the library that have been my home for the last uh, month, twenty weeks, twenty one weeks. That's five how months. many months? Five. Yeah, five months. Has it been five it already? Is, yes, it's ridiculous. It well, can't not possibly po- have been no, five months. It has to be five months. It says so on the calendar. The calendar is never wrong. No, hold on. It, canonically, <laughs> yes, can, calendars can be wrong. They can disagree with each other. Uh-huh. So I've got you there. But well, okay, we, we, we. Oh shit! Yes, we're recording this in the past. That's yes. what's confusing me. I was like, hmm. So seeing all those gleaming surfaces, I got so excited for recreating that scene from Jurassic Park with the velociraptors. Yeah, the velociraptors. The velociraptors, of course, is oh, what they are. Yes, not the the the, the fanciful imaginary <laughs> dinosaur, not the real life creatures that mm-hmm. inhabit your. Uh, uh, your library, one of whom I have befriended. Ah, how's she doing? Not, not really on speaking terms at the moment because of the incident. I mean, yes. I thought she was a she was a good sport in corralling some of her relatives and and friends in in, in joining us in recreating that scene where I played yes. both of the children uh, hiding yeah. from the the, the velociraptors. They're, they're like tiny. They're not there very good a, at stomping. A bit of a sizing issue, yeah. and I tried to overcompensate for that with just quantity, just sheer. Sheer well, volume. You know, it's, it's, it's like the old one. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred <laughs> yeah, duck-sized yeah. horses? I'm, I'm on the side of duck-sized horses. You can just climb a ladder. And if it's a horse-sized duck, up. Yeah, you'd be in like, trouble. even if you get in a helicopter, fucker can fly. Yeah, It'll still come and get you. No, I, I definitely agree. I'd, I'd much rather go for a hundred duck-sized see, yeah. horses. I don't see why it's a question, even. Yeah. It's so obvious it. to me. Yeah, no, I know. But. Dozens and dozens of uh, turkey-sized velociraptors mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in the kitchen. And, and it just went... I mean, it went fine for about half an hour for the second or third take. Yes. Uh, it went all fine, and and they were and they were doing the thing where they you know they 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 blasted damp air from their nostrils <sighs> onto the onto the window. Yeah, yes. and they did the, they did the ooh, ooh, that uh, that uh, yeah. Uh, what's it called? A bugling uh, sound to summon each oh, other. Like the choreography great. was great. That's amazing. I, I should show you to you sometimes. Yes. But then, like our crumb rolled out of uh, uh i think it was a a bag of rice and and one of them started pecking at it and then they started tearing at the bag of rice and, and then, then it, it turned a, into a big malay yeah it's it, it's like feathers could, everywhere i guess you can collect those and uh, 
Work on now, your... Yeah, so that, that is going to contribute to phase four of my impersonation scheme. Yes. Long story short, we're out of food. And I say we this time because it is okay. your kitchen as How well. How did they get into the freezers? I tried to escape. And I got confused about the doors because of all the feathers. Oh, okay. And I opened the wrong so door. So you, you went into the walk-in freezer and they... And so, and you'd think that being cold-blooded, that would that would put them off, but... Some, there was some good eating there, and I guess that it's uh, like I'll have to get another deer carcass to uh, hang there. So can I can I count on your forgiveness for, 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 for this incident? I won't hold it against you. Thank you. Uh, okay, incident. well, I'm just going to assume that that is a blanket pardon for all the other incidents as well, and we can just... Cross that off the list and move on to I, this week's book. I, what do we have well, in store for our readers this week, but, Kay? I mean, okay. Um, <laughs> right, yes. It's Christopher Anvil's Recipe for Chaos. Or maybe it's Prescription for Chaos. We don't know exactly what it could mean. Yeah, it, no, says, it just says RX up there. Yes. The letters R and X, which does historically mean recipe. Yes. It is. Yeah, it is. Well, yes, a prescription, a recipe. So, yes. Like in Dutch, a recept. Which is also used in cooking. It's one of those fun oh. homonyms. Yes, Essentially, it's a, a, a way to, to prepare something. You you know your way around a kitchen a lot better than I do. Uh, you seem to have made, made your way into the pantry. Well, mostly performative. It was just for the, the, the one little skit that maple I wanted to do with. Maple syrup on the walls is not good for the maple syrup stocks. For- <laughs> do you remember the, the great maple syrup heist of, what was it, 2015? Oh, God, yeah, they sold a whole tanker full of the stuff, wasn't it? No. Like a tanker ship, like oh. a million gallons. That's a lot of the maple syrup. How, like, where do you store it? Whom do you sell it to? Black market maple syrup? I don't Ooh. know. Vermont Underground? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a different book. Oh, speaking of books, if you if you look at your device, uh, you should, should be seeing this week's cover. Uh, and if not, check the show notes for a link. So, um, Christopher Anvil's book was apparently edited by Eric Flint, and I, I must admit to not act, ever actually having heard of Mr. Flint. So I Nobody pays attention to editors. Name. Oh, well, if, uh, he's specifically mentioned on the cover, so I suppose... I know, that and that's like, very generous. Yeah, well, that means he must have done a good job at it, or at least a very important job of it. I'll let you in a little secret. Editing is kind of a thankless job, and you're not supposed to uh, make a big thing out of how much work you put into editing... Right. Uh, a particular product. Well, I, I, I'm assuming that maybe Mr. Anvil here maybe had a deadline for his book, and when the deadline oh. rolled around, he just handed in a manuscript which was not publishable. <laughs> yeah. uh, Yours now. And then you tested last. And then they went like, "Oh well, we've got another author." Tough on shit, Eric Flint. That's uh, oh, not yeah. doing anything. Maybe they, he can salvage it. It's more like that Bain books we've done, you know. Yeah, because this is one of their one of their jams. This is like clearly late '80s, early '90s science fiction. It's a lovely throwback yes. like it, it's sort of okay to describe the cover we have a we have a we have an angry growly kitty man yes uh in a rather revealing space armor yes in a in a in a, in a sci-fi environment he's got a big sci-fi gun and he looks angry and growly yes. and it's sort of like like doom you know the original yeah, very much so, uh, so 3d like, video I, game I, I noticed that he's a lynx because he's got tufty ears and he's got the like the the the, the cheek tufts cheek. and the and the and the spots. Very long tail for a lynx. I mean, like the tail that you can see the tail oh, coming I out see. on the yeah. right. That's way too long for a lynx. Now that should be like you know nub stub tail type stuff. Evolutionarily, how did that come about? Because the tail is such an important feature for for cats for maintaining balance for yes. like 
torquing into a turn. You'd think that maybe, maybe the cold, it became too much of a heat sink, but it doesn't bother snow leopards. They use so it as a blanket. It's definitely a peculiar... Oh, I have a, I have a, I have a friend. I, I, I mentioned torquing into a turn because we're thinking of, of cheetahs, right? You've seen those oh, in yeah, slow yeah, motion. When they, yeah, yeah. when they turn, like they swing the, the tail in the other direction to yep. ba- like mid-step while the, while the hind legs are in the air, they swing the tail over right, to just move their butt out yeah, to the side. Like moves their center of gravity and... Uh, Yep. And uh, uh, um, uh, this friend of mine, he's an artist and he does uh, uh, anthropomorphic art. And he did um, a piece of a, uh, an anthropomorphic feline, a cyclist, a competitive cyclist, doing like pulling thing. into a turn ah, with, yes. a, with a tail straight out, doing the torque maneuver, which yeah. was such a cool detail. I think I, was, I saw that piece. Jonathan Vire Duncan, by the way. Oh, he's a very good, good artist. Yes. So today's book. Um, yes. Our, 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 our kitty re- man. Bob, I believe he's called. Well, Robert. Robert, well, yes. Bob. Oh, yes, Bob. I should mention, this was uh, another recommendation Bobcats. from uh, uh, one of our readers at home. Uh, that was friend of the library, Old Pines. Yes. Old underscore Pines on Twitter. Thank you very much, Old Thank Pines. you very much. You, we, you had another lovely uh, a suggestion for a tweet, which we did a fantastic uh, book interview of, which was unfortunately eaten by technology. So, really? I have no memory of you that. You have no memory of that? No. I guess that's going to end up on the cutting room floor then. Well... <laughs> And according to uh, uh, to Old Pines, he has this synopsis of this. A gang of rogue geneticists led by an anarchic pharmacist come messiah figure seek to turn the world order upside down by seeding the atmosphere with a pathogen that restructures human DNA to pull out animal traits. And Robert Katz, an early test subject, must find a way to stop them. Good old Bob, or Robert, as you will. Yes. Uh, I mean, he's... He, he starts off called Robert. He's, he he's Robert Katz. And then it becomes Bob... Bobcat because he, but he's a lynx, not a bobcat. But you know, they're they're kissing cousins, aren't they? Hissing cousins, hissing cousins. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, except <laughs> one is a leggy at at walker going across the snow, and the other one sits on top of cacti. <laughs> so the the all terrain armored troop carrier. Have you ever seen a picture of Canadian lynxes walking across the snow? You can like splice that into the Attack on Hoth scene. It's just like it's grey. It's got yeah. like a small head and it's got <laughs> super long legs. It's like it, <laughs> the story starts with a, a shadowy uh, a cartel of people sitting on boardroom tables looking oh, across yeah. the world with John just no wait I'm quoting him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I wonder who you're quoting there it really hasn't come I, up before. I just love the fact that they call themselves the mediocre society it's, it's, it's kind of like a business meeting that they're having it's like how are we going to make sure that our profits are going to get up yeah because they're all just barely hanging in there yes uh, this is I, I I love how this this upset our expectations. Traditional diabolical villains are are haughty and they're arrogant and they and they and they, and they claim to to represent the excellence of the world and that all others are inferior. But these these people consider themselves exactly middle of the road. Yes, they're just a corporation and they've got like they've they've. It's very what? kind of Kurt Vonnegut. So yes, was, we have the mediocre society yeah, who have been more uh, than mediocre, <laughs> who've been working very hard to uh, try and corner the catnip market. And they finally managed to buy all the futures (laughs) and managed to have the market cornered. They know their plans are going to come to fruition in about six to nine months when everybody else is going to realize that they've, through a uh, combination of subsidiary organizations and uh, shadow buyers, have managed to uh, lay their hand on the entire... On the uh, entire world supply of catnip. catnip. Yes, like this wasn't wasn't supposed to happen. It's not a very high margin product, is it? Not really, but... uh, So yeah, they go like, okay, how are we going to salvage this? Nor is it really essential, like for certain certain toys, but even... No, 
as as I learned on this very podcast, mm-hmm. uh, not every cat is susceptible to uh, uh, to catnip in the way that uh, not every human tastes. Oh, what was it? Like chicken? No. Oh, <laughs> oh not coriander. Cilantro. Yeah. Cilantro. That's, That's the same, one. It's the same thing. It's never mentioned. I thought there was a fun MacGuffin. It's never mentioned what they were actually looking no, for. No, no, no. It's just like, like this, someone is gruesomely scapegoated for the whole thing. Now, that was a nice classic uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, elimination scene. Dropping through the boardroom with trapdoors yes, and the chairs. Yes, and it like, is my very favorite. Not quite a shark tank, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's like it does remind one of uh, certain James Bond films where this... Uh, the the classics, yes. uh, as is also classic in those scenes. Not only is someone eliminated, but somebody also steps up to the plate. Yes. That is our lead villain, uh, Georges Linnaeus. Oh yes, um, who has a little plan. He has a, a a little poorly funded side project that he's been working on. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a perfect candidate to turn this um, this boondoggle into. I'm just gonna Profit. wait for a pun to emerge. Boondoggle is something with dog. Something. Oh, uh, turn this boondoggle into the dog's bollocks. Mm. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, well that was a sort of six point five from the jury, which no, is by I the look it. of your face. Yeah. George, got like, oh well, I've got my little pet project. Uh, uh, pet project yeah, is right. Yeah, go. very and, good. Uh, yes. Oh, <laughs> what if we can like make sure that the market for catnip is going to be as big as the market for weed? It's already legal. We don't have to. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's no laws against it. So no, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's it could fine. be a captive market as long as people are more interested. That's also a thing that, that that villains always do. They overstate their successes in the in the face of their superiors. Yes. Um, and then afterwards they have to run back to their lab, where it turns out they are nowhere close to even their oh, first success. Not. No, no. George immediately goes find uh, goes to find his. Uh, his technical lead on the project, uh, who is in his laboratory, it's a old money scientist, or like as in no money. It's like Ar- <laughs> Archibald Douglas the the thirteenth. Yes, that's not how you write thirteen in oh, no, no, numerals. Oh yeah, it is. No, you don't. You don't do the ten and then you add the five and then subtract the two. That's no, not how. Sure. No, it's not. You just do three eyes. No, it looks better. It doesn't look better. <laughs> and now you have a note that says I did that intentionally. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> Why do you do this? This is an audio medium. What? Something must be done about this. Archibald. Uh, he goes to talk to Archibald and goes like, so about this plan of ours, uh, or how is it going? And Archibald, again, has the same problems as George does, which is, of course, overstating his uh, achievements. Yeah, everybody uh, does that. It's like it's always the whole no, it's going it's swimmingly, running sir. theme in this book. And he's like, oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's ready for testing. We just need to find ourselves a subject. Whom they find in Robert Katz. Yes. It is the mediocre society, so their uh, their target is run of the mill regular people, mm. and he's just a, he's just a regular Joe. I think he's an office worker, yep. a former like linebacker back in his college days. He's one of those people who works in the company a company that's the shell for Mister Linnaeus's actual uh, yeah. achievements. The most average that they can find, and that's what the mediocre society likes. They like absolutely right down the middle of the road. Because then we get yeah, we can get everybody to uh, at least if it works on them, then it'll probably work on everyone. Everybody. So he's he's put through the process, and the process, of course, is called, and I like a bit of flair and drama, the Katzendämmerung. Mm. I told you I had one cat pun. Oh, this is it, the Katzendämmerung. The damning of the cats. I mean, you're pretty damned if you get turned into a long-tailed lynx rather than a regular one. So our, our mediocre man, uh, Robert Katz, is 
get approached. So you get a message from HR if you can please report in for a, uh, a special conference and a uh, assignment that he's going to uh, get. And there, uh, well, he gets a little bit nervous. There's half a chapter devoted to him getting out of bed in the morning and describing the drudge of his routine. It's like a little bit of yeah. the, a little bit of the glory days gone by. Uh, his high yeah, school exactly. football career. Something that a lot of us can relate to. I mean, I'm not an athlete by any means. How he gets into work, how he goes about the drudge of his work day and gets called into office where uh, Mr. Linnaeus and uh, Mr. Douglas the Twelfth are sitting <laughs> eagerly looking in front <laughs> See, it is confusing. Oh, it's the thir- right, it's the 13th. I'm sorry about that, Douglas. I can see it. Every time it's just confusing me. <laughs> Let's go with 13. By Archibald the 13th and Mr. Linnaeus. He gets uh, uh, asked if he wants to contribute to the company in a very important role. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, be on the forefront of science and because you want to be a, you yes. want to be a doer you want to we want to move our, our company ahead and like the company i mean it, they make like paper binder clips mm. right yeah. it's Who's, who thinks not even paper like, clips no they always have to explain it, it's the little it's a little sort of sort of crocodile jaw the munchy ah, what are they yes, yes. you know those little i don't even know that those, those are those are those are paper clip removers no no, Sorry, no, no you've got paper binder staple, staple, staple removers right. staple removers yeah, yes. yeah it's an entirely different company oh. this is the exact conversation that he had with his last date that didn't go very oh, well because yeah. he spent the whole time just explaining the thing that and he never has one with him no, because what not. do you who uses it for it no nobody anyway like, huge buys these things. it's a front company well no, like, according to to archibald douglas the 13th. 13th yes. Yeah, I got 13th, it right. Yeah. I'm on board. Oh, you're good. Uh, and George Linnaeus, uh, they're, they're cooking up a, a revolution in uh, paper binder clip technology. Yes, despite everybody, it's like everybody's going digital. But And would he like to focus test it? And yeah. as soon as he says, yeah, sure, they strap his arms to the chair that he's sitting mm-hmm. on and they put the electrodes on his uh, on his temples and they shave yeah. his chest. And like things move very, very rapidly. And yeah, gets the, the blood pressure cuffs around his arms. His hands get bound down. He gets an IV pump into him yep. and it's just like and throughout this all he's curiously like cool with it i mean yes. obviously a little bit miffed but not well worried but worried but not freaking out on, but it's like it's, uh, it's not that bad and he's been through it before hasn't he uh, well, it, it's something that, that that comes up later but this is not his first time in a in a human like experiment, experiment. Uh, uh experimental trial he's he's bounced from these human trials from one to the other throughout his life since he since he first started doing them to to pay his way through college after he busted his knee and his, his football scholarship, his football scholarship. Enough, yes. oh was it football yeah that's right linebacker went, that's yeah, what i've said he went for football yeah yeah um and then and then several other stints then the the, the, the uh, previous place where he worked he got randomly selected for turns out human experiment and that was him and he's he reminded me of a character from oh it's an obscure book i'm pretty sure that you've never heard of it it's called es muss nicht immer kaviar sein ah, yes. a book that i know and you don't who was written who was that written by again oh some some german oh, oh i see you looking it up yes who was it written by <laughs> mr simmel <laughs> it means uh, it, it doesn't always have to be caviar uh, aside from having a feature that will come up uh, uh, in in reference to the title of, of this week's book yes. um it has a its lead character is a is a spy but has been a spy for basically every major organization in in in, in europe yes uh and then forced to be a double agent and then recruited by a different nation by the germans to the french everywhere where he wants to settle against the english for the english against yeah. the french Working with the Spanish, uh, wait, yes. and he just wants I'm to just reading from the summary here. Uh, yes, that 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 you're reading because I know this book and you don't. <laughs> but yeah, Robert Katz sort of reminded me of uh, 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 of Thomas Levin. That yes. was the name of this mm-hmm. character in this book that I know. Wow, yes, fantastic book, isn't it? Like, tell me about it sometime. Nope, that's it.
That's all there is to it. Oh, he dies in the end. Oh, yes. Wink! Everybody dies in the end. No, no, no. The whole point is he he will do one last mission, but only if he is allowed to die. And mm-hmm. then his death is staged, and then he can finally chill out somewhere. That's one of the things that happens in that book. So uh, we get to describe the, the scene where our Robert gets turned into Bob. Where he's subjected to, to the, the, the Katzendammerung uh, yes. procedure. Lots so, of flashing lights, lots of smoke and, and not, not noise. Not much happens when they're done. Uh, he gets hauled off to a... Well, a cell. cell. Yeah, I mean, just, like just call it a cell. It's dressed up as a hospital room, but it's it's a cell. It's a, it's a cell. I mean, it's yeah. even it's even in the basement, and there's a whole row of them. I thought this was like the boiler room, but no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, I thought like this was the, all paper clamp clip storage. Yeah. All the paper clamp clips that haven't been sold yet. That have, at this point, the story leaves Bob and cuts to another scene where there is a, a, a gathering of the Nepeta cartel. They are the manufacturers of... Literally, the catnip cartel. Yes. That's what the Nepeta means. No, I, and, I remember yeah, that. I remember that turns, from... Uh, the episode about God's Fire. Yeah. Turns out they have been playing the mediocre society. Oh, that's right. Into, uh, by basically trying to coordinate yep, the, yep, yep. the catnip market. Buying out all of their yeah. all of their supply. Just, they know there's a crop failure coming and they've just like trying to offload the whole thing. Because it's only the futures that uh, uh, the mediocre society has bought. Yeah, Not the actual... Yeah, and they're, 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 they've been playing them the entire time. So this is the second group of people who are playing the uh, the first yeah. group of people who think they are the players. At this point, they're catching wind of um, the vastly overstated uh, expectation of success of uh, of the Katzendam and, and, and they're wondering what's going on. There's they're wondering what's going on, and they're and they're worried about missing out on this opportunity. Yeah, that they're going to leave the mediocre society holding the bag, so to speak. After we have this brief intermission with the Nepeta cartel, who are worried about their strategy and whether they should uh, yeah, switch uh, uh, switch tactics, like double cross the mediocre society. Are we going to like let them go ahead with this? It's like this. If we miss out on something, what are we, what are we going to do? And there's a lovely little parallel where like uh, they don't expect to be able to supply this this surge in demand because no. of the bug that's uh, yeah, uh, that no, they're that's anticipating and so they need a quick solution for that they need to increase their production and and not just meet those quotas that they already promised and never intended to fulfill mm. but also to exceed them uh, in order to seize the opportunity before them yeah. uh, and they have also a radical scientist among their ranks who stands up and has a and has a a plan that they announce is going to be very successful. Mm. We don't get into the details of that, but I kind of liked that it has this uh, uh, this symmetry. Do we already figure out at this point already who that is, or do we do we not run into him later in the book? I can't remember if he's already introduced in this scene. The only note that I have with a name on it is Vigo, the volleyball player. So okay, that's probably not... not it. Okay, in that case, Mr. Monty Finiston being the. Scientist. There right. once was a man named Monty Finiston. He had whiskers on his Tiniston. Is that an actual song? Or did <laughs> no. Just make that up it's time? Michael Finnegan. Ah, okay. He Wind is the came man. out and blew them in again. Poor old Michael Finnegan again again. He is the man who's been inventing the underwear armor, which you can see Bob wearing on the front of the <laughs> yes. uh, 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 on the front of the book. Yes. Uh, he has a, a a Kevlar. He has armored. I mean, jock strap. By the way, did you notice the the leather strap going well, around? So there is. So he's been having a problem of his own as well, because his current batch of underwear armor has a manufacturing defect where there's a big hole in the back. And when he yes. hears about cats, he's like, all my, prob- all my problems are solved. <laughs> like, we can offload this entire batch of mismanufactured armored underwear on the new cats. There's that, that symmetry again. Uh, the organization has a problem that they want to solve, in, and then one of their enthusiastic scientists solves it, creating an entirely different circumstance. And in this case as well, like, he can't help the Nepata cartel uh, produce more catnip, 
but he can help them profit from a, yeah, a different absolutely. aspect of this uh, uh yeah that's that's genius um and it is rather fetching i mean it 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 does it's i can like, i can imagine that it chafes but oh yeah especially with fur man that's going to leave bald spots on your thighs i mean maybe not maybe it's nicely padded maybe it's got like internal cooling oh, who knows? oh that could be nice yeah it's it's not mentioned in the book but it's like no, i'm it's just like, looking at i'm just no, looking no, at it like i get like, that like right now looking at it quite a lot because it's got that it's got that leather buckled strap now continue i'm just gonna have a <laughs> no, just gonna have a nice wee think about this your, will you be in your bunk yeah i'll be in my bunk back to bob who is in the throes of his transformation his ears growing, his fur, his tail growing. That's a bit of an unpleasant moment. His spine is suddenly growing a whole bunch uh, of extra yeah. vertebrae. <laughs> it doesn't happen that fast. So I think it like takes about a week or two. It's clearly not an instantaneous transformation thing. No, it? no. And a lot of it is uh, is happening in transit to Mount Catamount, uh, the, uh, the secret base. In the Rocky Mountains. Because it has uh, it had come to George uh, uh, Linnaeus' attention that uh, security is not as tight as it ought to be. They've abandoned the uh, uh, the front company for the security of uh, of Mount Catamount, where yes, now the retreat. Uh, where the various other test subjects of the the Katzendämmerung uh, uh, process have also been uh, well, uh, been buried there. Quite a few, but since the since the breakthrough with uh, uh, with Robert Katz, yes, um, a lot of others are uh, uh, in the process of. Uh, refining the process even further because obviously he was initially a fluke this is how 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 come it suddenly works and they try it out on someone else and it fails again and they start comparing him look at all this. the previous yeah, uh, they, experiments that he's been through and trying to reproduce those and, and then it like, turns out that there's a uh, an interaction between one of the other medi- medicines yes. that he's been uh, and then they can adjust their protocol it's a yeah. it's a lovely example of real scientific process yeah absolutely yeah. it's also a bit of you know um mad scientists with holographic goggles and professor octopus like <laughs> yeah, Octopus. That, Doc Octopus, Doc Ock. that's one. Yeah, uh, arms, Prof like, Ock just doesn't have the same m- ring moving to it. around, <laughs> <laughs> moving around through the lab. I mean, that's where like uh, Archibald Douglas the Thirteenth turns out that where the Thirteenth comes from because he has thirteen arms. arms when he's plugged into his rig. Into yeah, yeah, he's all over the place. He and uh, what did we say, Monty Finiston? Monty Finiston, yes, he's would like, probably get on famously because uh, I mean, Monty is he's more a hardware guy. He would love to examine this and see how many groin tentacles he could add oh, to yeah, his, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. his like new manufacturer crotch rockets and other yes type, uh, exactly power armor specifically designed for the new cats because the goal if that wasn't obvious to our to our readers at home uh or to in fact us <laughs> for the mediocre society is indeed to subject the whole world to the katzendämmerung uh, 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 a, a gene altering pathogen yeah um in order to get their uh, to uh, bring out animal demand yeah. yes uh, specifically feline animal traits, hopefully. Yes. Uh, now it turns out the Katzendämmerung has been mostly producing felines, but not exclusively felines. That was uh, uh, the unfortunate case of uh, Vigo, the volleyballer, uh, who was... What did he uh, turn into? Who was brought in, and he turned into... <laughs> what are you looking for? Any a turtle? To, no, a teenage mutant ninja turtle. <laughs> no, no, There's nothing in view. How is there so many shit? It was an impala in the book. That's right. And what a missed opportunity to call him Vigo, the volleyballer, when he could have been Vlad, Vlad the, impala. the impala. Yes. <laughs> that would have been better. Mr. Uh, Anvil hadn't thought of, and clearly uh, Mr. Flint also hadn't uh, decided to correct that being the editor of the book. Yeah. Shame on them. But uh, nevertheless, the, the, the book proceeds well because uh, um, uh, Robert and uh, Vigo, yeah, sadly not Vlad, 
encounter one another. Yes. And Vigo is in a bad way. The Katzendammerung has, has affected him, uh, him poorly and he's mm-hmm. not making it very well through his transformation, which is why he confides in Robert that he's a member of the Rettningstjenesten. How would you, that sounds Swedish. What's uh, Norwegian, Norwegian, very good. That was the Norwegian, is the Norwegian Foreign Intelligence Agency. Oh, okay. He's a spy for the, 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 the Rettningstjenesten who has was infiltrated and unfortunately got subjected to the Katzendammerung uh, uh, Yeah. Process, yes. So he's, he's, he's begging Robert to yes. uh, uh, to report back to his uh, to his government. He knows he can't go back. I mean, with with antlers like that, they're never going to let him on a plane because he'd be poking his horns into the. Uh, uh, dropping not to down. mention, as soon as he set foot in Norway, he'd be fair game. But not not if you go outside hunting season. So that'd be all right. Do they have specific hunting? Uh, they get taken to Monty's uh, test lab to be fitted for the underwear armor that we see uh, Bob wearing on the front cover. This was a bit of a twist because I don't know whether it's uh, uh, it's 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 George himself or whether it's via uh, uh, Archibald Douglas the the 13th but they're kind of in cahoots with uh, with Monty Finiston. Of course, he's, everybody he's is playing society. everybody. The only ones that seem no, not, that's not even true. I mean, I was going to say the the the, the only ones who seem to be straight up are the are the other uh, uh, victims of uh, Linnaeus's experimentation that mm. that Robert meets. But they are all spies. They're all of them. Every Everybody single one that Robert there, meets. Like for, there's, there's a guy from the Mossad, from CIA, from the from the Deuxième Bureau, which still exists somehow uh, uh, in. Every- in France, Everybody. MI five six seven eight nine. All of the, <laughs> all of the. Oh, yes, uh, the Mossad, the Shin Bet. Who else the did they AIVD. have? AIVD. Uh, yeah, that's one of them. That's great. Uh, do we know any other ones? Oh, um, I knew that there was the Sistema Informação. There's Portuguese one. They are all spies, with the exception of Robert. Every single test subject is a spy. It's like they all manage to work themselves into the process of being selective. And none of them have told each other, except for Robert. They all can find it. It's like... Oh, this is a joke that I that I saw on Twitter where someone proposed like a a, a Big Brother style uh, elimination dating game uh, <laughs> with a house full of yes, with yeah, a house yeah. full of of gay guys, yes. um, where uh, everyone gets eliminated. One secretly is a. There's, one straight, there's one straight guy, yes. And the idea is that the straight guy wins if he uh, is one of the last two people uh, who is left, uh, left yeah, standing. So he has yes. to keep it secret. And the trick is they're all straight. Okay. Yes. Every single one. <laughs> so here we have all of them are spies for different organizations and none of them are, are able to report back. So they all they all depend on, 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 on poor Robert, who's just trying to get by. Yes. And he's kind of okay with it. Well, like, until he finds of- out what the plan is. That, oh, uh, yes, that of the course. Idea is to, to, like, spread this Katzendammerung over the entire world, at which point he starts plotting uh, his way out of there, gets into uh, Monty's good graces by being the perfect uh, the perfect uh, oh, test subject for his, uh, for his underwear armor. Let's, let's be fair. Model. Right. Oh, absolutely. Like he's Abercrombie and fitching it up. Oh, yeah, abstracting it on the catwalk. I thought this was a very a relatable moment with uh, 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 with with Robert. He feels special, something that he hasn't done in a long time. No, oh, absolutely. Uh, since his uh, since his halcyon days in uh, uh, in high school in, in in high school football, he's not at the peak of his physical fitness anymore. Although the whole but thanks to Cats did and Demo, did, did, yeah. yeah so he's got a bit of spring in his step, and he's special. But the idea of now yeah. everyone being raised up to his level, having gotten his way into Monty's good graces, he gets his privileges and manages to get his hands on the P twenty nine oh seven battle rifle, which you can see him. Uh, Wielding yes, uh, on the front. That cover. is the uh, needlessly elaborate. That's just the artist going out to give it a futuristic rifle and make it look 
Well, what is it supposed to look like? Described as a hypervelocity battle rifle. So, yes, he goes basically on a rampage. He, like, makes short work of a few of the other... Uh, yeah, this uh, thing that was supposed to just subject. be... A, yes. It's supposed to just be a prop for modeling his, his latest underwear armor, and then he cocks it, and, and he finds that it's loaded. Like, oh, wait, and Monty being, like, the first one to feel the wrath and he who lives by the sword dies by the battle rifle <laughs> <laughs> is toasted in short order yes uh archibald being the next victim of boom a- boom and they're dropping like flies oh, at yes. this point like, like the security protocols in in mount catamount are no, abysmal they're, they're not geared towards a battle cat so that's He's a battle cat. Yes, yes, because this this whole scene, this whole chapter was the cat fight. Yes. <laughs> there we Where go. Is, uh, yeah. It's a really good old-fashioned, like, oh, racing for... For the control room. Of the thermobaric weapon through which the, the, the Katzendammerung was intended uh, to be dispersed to, through, yes. uh, through the atmosphere. The classic James Bond-esque bad guy is trying to put his plan into motion. And so, must be stopped. He, and must be stopped while our hero is fighting his way through the uh, minions. and Running through the hallways yes. and... The, and the structure comes down around them, and there's, there's alarms blaring, but there's not, like, security doors shutting. Like, no, none of those inconvenient like, you know, impediments. Like, there's no mystical signals popping up. There's just no... Giant ball rolling down. There haven't been any golden statues being stolen anyway, so that's like... No, why, no why poison-tipped be... flechettes flying out no, of the walls. and None and, of that. Just, like, good old shoot em up through, in the corridors I didn't, of, like, I didn't industrial complex. expect any of that. Like, no. I didn't expect him to have to, no, like... Oh, so why would there be? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are we even talking about this? <laughs> Yeah. But there is no mu in the Greek alphabet. There's a double joke there because there is a letter mu in the Greek alphabet. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like basically good old. Fun jokes for us all to enjoy. Basically, good old Bob being the hero of the day. And he stands up and he says, Call me Bob. Which, you know, as 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 cool guy, it's a bit of a le- it's catchphrases go. Guy. Yeah, it's, like, it's not I'll be back. It's not see you at the party, Richter. It's not. What else has Arnold Schwarzenegger said? <laughs> Uh, no ticket no wait that was that was Harrison Ford Ford. (laughs) you let me get away with that for so long it was the bad German accent that did it Austrian obviously oh yes do you know he's not allowed to dub his own his own movies into German because apparently he sounds like a farmer (laughs) (laughs) nothing wrong with farmers mind you but yeah apparently he's got this horrible backwater accent once again not to be Germano-normative that's just what it sounds like to people used to 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 Hochdeutsch obviously the Austrian dialect but even for Austrians so yeah oh god (laughs) I apologise I apologise to our German readers at home this leaves the uh, Mount Catamount complex in in tatters there's smoke coming out of the mountains Rumbling. People system. in Denver are going like, I didn't know we had a volcano there. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically with Bob wandering off into the Rocky Mountains. Standing amid the smoldering ruins. Yes. The, the final scene being like paragraph by paragraph cut between the mediocre society and the Nepata cartel. Yeah, both of them are... Both of them sitting there going, what the fuck just happened? Well, and like, well this <laughs> yeah. sucks. Yeah. And trying to like work back from we know that whatever just happened is a disaster, but we don't fully understand why. And how are we going to play this? How are we going to play? Yeah, because <laughs> the only people who could explain it, Monty Finiston and and, and George Linnaeus, are and buried and, and yeah. buried under the rubble. And none and of it, these organizations knew exactly what they were up to. They, they didn't know who was what was supposed to who? happen. No. I mean, the mediocre society knows that Linnaeus is gone, uh, and yeah. our strong man is. 
not here anymore. We need to like figure out what we're going to do with all these futures. And that. we are no closer to a resolution. We no, we still got this like money invested in this project, the, and the cartel is. is got pretty much the same problem over invested into this underwear armor that not only has now been destroyed but even if it wasn't they still wouldn't be able to sell because it's got yeah holes in the back defect which would be great for the cat army but yeah not happening now it's just the one and like what's he going to do wandering out of the uh out of the rockies i mean his fur keeps him nice and warm so he's not in any danger of uh, uh, exposure especially not in summertime but yeah oh god the shedding tell me about it our little librarianess has gone into shedding mode i see her lying over there is that her or is that just the fur she left that's behind when she got frightened and she ran, ran away. off to get food yeah, yeah. No, that's probably the fur that still hasn't set <laughs> that's her shadow yes uh, the cats and shutton <laughs> no no the cats and shutton is something that happened in the litter box oh no <laughs> <laughs> this would have been an opening for a for a sequel right and then the sky opens, and obviously you remember the scene, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, it's the classic UFO yes. zooming in. Yes, which would have been such a, a, a total deus ex machina, like a, a UFO appearing out of nowhere and, and, and casting its, its, its beam of light down on top of uh, Robert, uh, Bob, uh, yeah. Bob, yes, Bob, uh, and, and, and sucking him up and flying away with him. If it weren't for the fact that, as our, our loyal readers at home uh, probably remember from episode two. Yes, this is a long time ago. A long, long time ago. But hey, look at that continuity. Anne Logston wrote a book called Dagger's Point, where uh, in our reading, we noticed that one of the heroes' spacecraft had a crew member called Bob. Bob. Yes. Whom we thought was like Ruraf, the, yeah. uh, uh, the protagonist, was a, was, a, was a Lynx Tor. Yes. But in fact, was possibly... This very box, was this like, very t- taking pity on by the Lynx tours, taking pity on this poor crippled this bipedal Lynx creature was like missing his hind leg set, and yeah, their t- DNA scanners found yeah. found a an orphan left behind. So he gets to live among well, not exactly his kind, but at it's, least they have hairball treatments. They have treatments to regrow his supposedly lost limbs. So her- once again, human <laughs> experiment. We'll feel an experimentation her- in this kind. <laughs> what did you say? I said herbal treatments. Herbal. Yeah, that's okay. It's like, it's fine. No, that's a solid 6.5. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 6.5 is the new 3.2, isn't it? Bringing us to points, shall we get on with the scoring of the book? Yes, I think this is the appropriate time. <laughs> so how are we going to rate this book? Oh, God. Because uh, I, I look back uh, uh, at episode two mm-hmm. um, to see what kind of re- rating we, we gave to that, but we weren't rating our books yet back oh, then. Dear, dear it was me. just the second episode. We were yeah, still, no. like, we barely had our, our tagline. I barely knew how to how to introduce myself. Yes. Oh, um, so let's give it a rating. What's how a do we... good cat number? Oh, oh we've done that before. No, we've done nine. God's Fire. Yeah, we did that, that one. So we that was nine. nine. Yeah. Oh, what about... Th- 13 or 17 13. Or, or 12 yes, plus let's, 5 let's or... Ra- let's rate it 12 out of 13 because like 13 out of 17. That'll 13 work. out of 17. That's a solid 6.5. There we go. <laughs> and speaking of reviews, uh, to the readers at home, uh, we love being your dirty little secret, but if you maybe leave a review or recommend Cover My Ass to a friend of yours, something magical might happen. Like, I mean, you might just grow a tail that you didn't expect before and tufty ears, and uh, uh, you might be uh, sucked up by a UFO and taught how to brush your fur. And my God, what a what a wonderful experience that must have been the first oh. time. So... Uh, yeah, 
maybe recommend uh, it to your friends. If you have to suffer through it, make someone else suffer through it. As well. Okay, yeah, that's that's fine. And and what do we have in store for our readers next time? Right, next week we have the breathtaking book by Ripa Goodwan, the Zen of farting. <laughs> And that about covers it. Thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed, but not read, by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we, we only judge, judge a book by its cover. We made it. We made it. <laughs> Gloriously successful. We just stick to what we know, and we get there. Yeah. <laughs>